You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our affiliate partnership with Fairhaven Health. Fairhaven Health provides science-based products for your journey to parenthood from fertility through pregnancy, breastfeeding, and beyond. They've been an industry leader in providing products for trying to conceive couples, including fertility supplements for women and men, ovulation predictor tools, fertility-friendly lubricants, and so much more. I've personally used Fairhaven Health products since late 2017 and all throughout my pregnancy and postpartum period with my double rainbow. They were a must-have. My love for this company is why I proudly partner with them whenever I get the chance. To learn more about Fairhaven Health and to support our show, visit themiscarriagedoula.co slash fairhavenhealth, and you'll also find a promo code for 15% off there. Now back to the show. I um, met uh, my husband um, at college, uh, the first week of college, Um, and then we got married in uh, 2016, and um, so I was 25 at the time, Um, and we had, you know, like a five-year plan. Um, We were going to have kids at 30. Um, I was just really worried about not having kids you know, by 35, because I knew at that point is when you started having trouble. Um, most women did, I guess, with, um, you know, reproduction and stuff. So I thought as long as it was before 35, I'd be in the clear, you know, there wouldn't be any issues. Um, and, you know, looking back at that five-year plan, I just think, <laughs> you know, how kind of, I don't know, silly it was. Um, and it, you know, reminds me of this line from the song that every plan is just a tiny prayer to father time. You know, we can't control, um, what happens. Um, so I want to apologize to you. It's four 30 in the morning here. So I, my voice is all (laughs) actually, Oh no. Are you on the West coast? Um, I'm in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I had, um, I made these early appointments for people, mainly in time zones, like in Europe and Australia, but people took all of these later times. So I have opened up time since, so I feel so bad that you're up at 4.30 to do this, but I'm so appreciative of your time. <laughs> no, I was like, that's all I saw. I was like, oh no, okay, well, I want to share, so. <laughs> but anyway, so my voice will warm up the more I talk. Um, you're but- <laughs> so so we're um my husband and I are both teachers um and so uh in February of 2020 is when I was finally like I had kind of been doing this back and forth like maybe we should do it and then you know I'd be like no never mind it's too scary let's not have kids yet um and so then in February of 2020 um I went off my birth control uh, and then it wasn't really until like October of the, of that year that we started like really trying. Um, and so then the week before Thanksgiving, uh, we got our positive test. And so like we went to the grocery store and bought every type of pregnancy test there was, you know, and went home and took like 15 different tests. And 
and they were all positive and um, we were just, you know, ecstatic, like so excited that it had happened so quickly. Um, and, you know, just in this like state of happy shock. Um, so we didn't like tell anyone like right in that moment, we kind of just, you know, wanted to have a day or two where it was just us knowing this. Um, and so the next, I think the next day was Thanksgiving. Um, so we had like Skype scheduled with our family because of COVID, you know, we weren't all celebrating together. Um, and so we shared the big news then. And I remember my uncle, like I said, you know, how far along are you? And, um, he, he was like, if, you know, you shouldn't be telling a whole lot of people because there's a possibility of miscarriage, you know? And I mean, that was so far removed from my mind, miscarriage. I didn't even think that was a possibility. Um, so I kind of just, you know, filed that information and moved on. Um, but yeah, during that, that first pregnancy, I was just super exhausted, but I wasn't nauseous at all, which looking back now, should have been kind of an indication, but I, you know, I didn't know. I was just like, Oh, I'm lucky. You know, some people don't get, um, right. Nauseous at all when they're pregnant, I guess I'm one of those. Woo-hoo. So, um, you know, we started planning. Uh, so, so we live in a remote, you know, town, um, in Alaska. And so we were thinking like, would we go to the doctor here or do we want to travel to one of the cities where, you know, there's more options. Cause I was interested in doing like a water birth. So we were starting to plan all those things, you know, and looking at names and it was just really exciting. Um, and so then December 8th, um, I had some spotting and so I called my mom and my mom said, you know, no, it's normal to spot. And, you know, I called my grandma too. And she said the same thing. So I felt um, relieved um, that that's something that happens. Um, but then on December 9th, um, I, I woke up and it was, you know, I went to the bathroom and it was bright red blood, like a period. Um, and I, I, told my husband who was still sleeping and um I was like but you know it's okay spotting happens I was still like totally in denial um and so I was just like you know telling myself that you know this just happens and of course you know with the internet you're looking up everything and I'm finding those stories that fit my story (laughs) so I can have the ending I want um and uh, it was almost seven. Uh, and so I was like, cause Tyler said, you know, we need to, we need to go to the doctor. And I said, no, no, we don't need to. And I mean, I, I was worried I wouldn't be able to get a sub, um, cause we're teachers and you know, this year with COVID it's hard <laughs> to get the subs and then having to make sub plans. And, you know, so I had all these excuses. And so then Tyler called the emergency room. Um, and they said, yeah, you should definitely, no, you should come in um so then I just like immediately broke down um and uh you know I like I think we were still clinging to the hope that okay maybe you know maybe our baby's okay um so uh we we went to the doctor appointment that morning and um Tyler took the day off and I'm yeah super grateful that he did I didn't even ask you know I didn't need to he just he just knew um 
that, you know, he needed to be there. Um, and so, um, we went in and they had me, like, I was, I mean, I held it together pretty good. Um, until we got into the room and then I was just like constantly crying (laughs) and I'm definitely a crier. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then I had to go and pee, um, you know, so they could confirm the pregnancy. And so the, the, uh, doctor came in and it wasn't one of the, the like, uh, regular doctors it was a doctor who was doing some like her residency or um, some training but she was really um kind um and I mean I could I could tell though that something you know this wasn't right like yeah the way she was acting and the things she was saying um but I mean this is our first experience you know Tyler and I have no idea um and so then they made an appointment for us that afternoon for a transvaginal ultrasound. Um, so we went home and waited, you know, and we're still, you know, hanging on to that little, that little bit of hope that um, things are going to be okay. Um, so we go back to the hospital and um, we go into the room and it's like Tyler's there and then the doctor and the doctor and like who's doing a residency and then, they have me, um, you know, lie down, um, and I'm just like, it's just a constant stream of tears, <laughs> and um, I can't see the screen, but Tyler can see the screen, and um, I mean, I just, you know, I knew um, by then, and the doctor confirms, you know, that it was a miscarriage. Um, that my uterus was contracting, you know, and he, he turned the screen and showed that. And, um, uh, yeah, and I'm really grateful to that. Our, the doctors we had were so kind because I know listening to uh, other women's stories, that's not always the case. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, anyway, so like I remember when we were, I was getting dressed for us to leave in in the um, ultrasound machine. There's like must auto, automatically take pictures, and um, you know there was a picture, and Tyler asked, "Should we take it?" But I mean, you know, there wasn't anything to see because at that point I was, you know, five or six weeks, and so um, yeah, you couldn't see very much and. Um, but I'm just, you know, we have nothing from that pregnancy, um, to, you know, of our first baby. Um, so, so yeah, so then we went home and, um, uh, we called off like our immediate family, you know, our parents. Um, and then I called my, my brothers, uh, and, um, after that, I mean, I just, I couldn't say it anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, we kind of like had a, then our parents tell, tell the rest of the family. Um, and one thing, um, my dad called Tyler, like just called him himself because, uh, my mom had a miscarriage, um, and he wanted to make sure, you know, how Tyler was doing, um, oh, and, nice. 
Yeah. And I just, I just, you know, really love my dad for that. Um, Cause I think a lot of the time it's, you know, focused on the mom, which I mean, it's a different experience, but I mean, the, you know, the dad or the partner is going through a lot too at the same time. Um, so yeah, um, this kid happened, you know, pretty naturally. Um, I didn't have to take a pill or like do DNC or anything. It was just kind of like a really painful period. Um, a lot of cramping. Um, and you know, I, I bled for probably about a week. Um, and Tyler went, uh, back to work the next day. Um, and then, I mean, it was just every time I went to the bathroom, you know, it was just a reminder, um, of the baby we lost. And I kept looking for something, um, you know, like some sign of our baby. Um, and I, I just remember feeling like so alone because, um, no one in, in town where we live really knew. We hadn't really told anyone. And I, I mean, I understand why you don't, because if a miscarriage happens, you don't want to tell everyone, but also like if a miscarriage happens, you want that support. And so, yeah, I think it's so kind of backwards the way we have this, that you're not supposed to say anything till a certain time, but yeah. So, so anyway, but, um, I told my principal because I'd been gone, you know, for half of the week and he, he came and brought flowers, which was really sweet. And, um, I'm just really appreciative of all the, the people that just like showed up or called, you know, during that time because grief makes people so uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, and I think, you know, during that, that first miscarriage, um, I, I learned that it was important for myself to communicate what I wanted because like people weren't going to be able to read in my mind what I wanted. If I wanted company, I needed to say it. People weren't going to know that. Um, or if I wanted to talk to someone, then I could call or text them instead of expecting that. Um, so yeah, I think the other, um, thing that, uh, came through that is all the women that shared their stories with me that had gone through miscarriages. I had no idea. I mean, friends and colleagues, you know, that I see almost every day and their losses. And it just struck me like how common this is and how much we don't talk about it. Um, and so uh, I, I'm really thankful for those women that did because it, it made it feel less lonely. Um, and I mean, that's part of like, you know, <laughs> this podcast too, that helps with that loneliness. Um, so then uh, I went back to school and I just, uh, you know, felt like a robot. I was trying not to break down in front of my students. So I teach middle school. <laughs> so I was just trying to, you know, hold it together, but I just felt like I was breaking inside. Um, and I remember, like, I'd been back, uh, you know, for a couple of days, and a colleague asked, like, where have you been? Were you sick? And I just, I I didn't want to, you know, go into the story. And so I just said yes, um, but it felt 
so wrong to be denying, you know, like the baby that I had lost. Like I was ashamed of it. Um, like, yeah, and that just kind of struggled them with how do I, what do I do? Like, do I just sweep it under the rug? Because, I mean, you know, people are clearly uncomfortable <laughs> when you bring it up. Um, but it also felt like not okay from inside, you know, for me to do that, I guess. Um, so I, I talked with my, my brother about it and, um, you know, he, he encouraged me to kind of like take back control of the narrative. Um, and so I, I decided that I was going to talk to my students about it. Um, and so like, uh, it's important to me. I talk about like mental health and social emotional learning and role modeling that with my students, you know, how do we cope with things? What are strategies? And, um, the other thing that was really important was just like I mentioned earlier, how common miscarriages are. And, um, you know, if I hope it doesn't happen, but statistically, if one of my students in, in their future with their partner goes through a miscarriage, I, you know, I wanted them to know that they're not alone. And, you know, they remember Mrs. Thompson, you know, talked about this with us. And, um, so I, I, um, yeah, I decided to talk to my class, which I felt like, uh, you know, should I be doing this? Am I overstepping? But, um, looking back, I'm really glad that I did. Um, so with my first class, I mean, I started telling them and then I just, I just broke down, <laughs> but then I, I composed myself and got back together and, you know, told them, uh, you know, like statistically, like, you know, this is how often it occurs and, you know, just a really kind of like brief what it means. I was pregnant. I lost a baby. I had a miscarriage. I didn't go into detail. I don't want to scare them. Um, and then, uh, you know, but I'm going to be okay. I told them, I just want you to know that I'm pretty sad right now and trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to cope with this. And I remember it was just really quiet and then one student said do you need a hug <laughs> and came up and gave me a hug and it was just the sweetest and so then with my second class um that I told they asked a lot of questions um like one of the questions was does it always happen the first time you have a baby and I was like no that you know it doesn't mean every time you get pregnant this is what's going to happen and um and so I felt like that was really hopefully useful to them. You know, we had more of a discussion about it and, and that they felt comfortable enough to ask those questions. Um, I think the first class was just a teacher's crying, <laughs> you know, and kind of taking it back. Um, but then, yeah, that class gave me hugs. And then my, my final class, my smallest class at the end of the day that I told it to, they just, um, yeah, you know, we're really like saying, it's okay, you'll, you know, well, you can try again, and all gave me hugs, and it was just, yeah, I just work with the best, the best students, um, so I, uh, yeah, talking to them, I hope, um, 
you know, it was helpful for me, but I, I hope it, it's helpful for them too someday. Um, so after that, I, we, we had a friends who got pregnant at the same time as us. And I just remember, you know, and I think it's common. I'm uh, embarrassed to say though, I felt jealous you know, why are they still pregnant when I'm not? And then you do the whole, what did I do? Like, should I have not gone snowshoeing? Was that what did it? You know, all this kind of going through the list of blame, what your mind does to you. I um, um, chime in to say in this space, I tell people it's completely okay to feel jealous. Like I own the jealousy feelings that I feel. And even, you know, years after you feel it. So it's, totally okay to feel jealous especially here like anybody listening to this completely gets it thank you yeah well I definitely (laughs) was you know when you you feel like that about it though but it's just yeah it just seems unfair um so when we had gone um into the doctor you know the, the second time to make sure everything was gone from from the miscarriage um uh he said, you guys can start trying again. You know, we used to tell people to wait, but you don't need to wait. You can start trying again. And so I just threw myself into that and was like, okay, we're going to get pregnant again. This is, you know, this is it. We're going to have our baby. Um, and so the week of, it was like the week of January 4th, kind of that, that first week, um, I started noticing signs. I was like, I think I want to be pregnant. I was just really exhausted. And like crazy hormonal. <laughs> um, and I think it was just my hormones were out of whack from the first miscarriage. And then from the second pregnancy, it was, they were going for a ride. Um, so we took a test and it was positive. Um, and I, Tyler was just really apprehensive, you know. Um, and uh, we were both really worried about another miscarriage. So we just told our parents um, and then we had their doctor appointment, went to the doctor, they confirmed, you know, you're pregnant again. Um, and so we went and had a blood test, uh, and I was four weeks pregnant. Um, and so, uh, after the, I had to wait, uh, 24 hours to get a second blood test to see, uh, you know, if my progesterone was doubling. And so, um, after the second test came back, it was only at like 40% and it only, um, you know, increased by 40%. And so looking back, knowing what I know now that that was a red flag, um, that that was happening. Um, and so on, it was like that next week, um, January 14th or the following week, um, I went to the bathroom, I was at work, um, and I noticed spotting and, you know, after you have a miscarriage, every time you go to the bathroom is, you know, there's that, like, what am I going to see when I wipe? Um, and so it was just that like immediate pit in my stomach, that fear, like, Oh no, like this is another miscarriage. Um, and that weekend, um, my mother and I had scheduled like a, a, a weekend together. So my mom lives like eight hours away. And we were going to meet in the middle at this, um, lodge. And, um, so the next morning, or it was that Saturday, I, I woke up when I was supposed to go and there was more blood. It wasn't 
like period blood, like the first miscarriage, but, um, I mean, there was blood and there was more of it. Um, and so I wasn't sure if I should go, but I just decided, okay, I'm going to go do this. Um, so kind of that whole weekend, it was just like stopping and starting, you know, the bleeding. Um, so I was just like going through this roller coaster of, okay, it's just spotting and it's okay. And then no, it's a miscarriage. You know, it was like just this constant, like up and down, um, but still just clinging on to that hope. Um, and it was though, I mean, I'm really grateful. I was with my mom because during the first miscarriage, you know, she was eight hours away and, um, it's nice to have your mom there. Um, so my mom and Tyler like just stayed really positive, but I was pretty pessimistic. You know, I was like, no, I'm, this is another miscarriage. Like I just, I know it. Um, so then Sunday, that Sunday, January 17th, um, there was just like bright red blood. And so I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is happening again. Um, so on, on Tuesday, I, I went to the doctor and, um, had my blood, you know, drawn and they confirmed it was a miscarriage because the progesterone was dropping. Um, and so I took a few days off work, um, from that one and, and Tyler didn't, didn't stay home with me, um, with the second miscarriage. Uh, but after the first one, I mean, I, I like found my voice more, I'd say. I told people like more readily uh, because I wanted that support. Um, And I didn't want to be keeping it like a secret because that had felt so wrong to me. Um, And I think uh, it, it helped me with my own empathy. Like when there's grief, just, being there for someone, even if I don't know what to say, like sometimes life is just shitty (laughs) and just, just being there is really helpful because it was helpful for me. Um, and validating, you know, feelings and experience because I mean, people have the best intentions, but when they say things like, at least you were only, you know, six weeks or, um, you know, at least you can get pregnant or, you know, just, unintentionally dismissing the fact that, um, you've lost a baby, you know? Um, and so just, yeah, there's nothing to say and that's okay, but you can just be there. (laughs) You don't need to say anything. And so I think that that was kind of a a wake up call to me, how I can respond when, when there's loss in my friends and family's life. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, at this point, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty scared to try again. So that was in January. And, um, so we decided to take a break from trying. Um, and I hope, you know, down the road, I'll be back to share my story about my rainbow baby. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I hope that we have an update episode soon. Um, I, it's so hard to go through two back-to-back losses and then, you know, to hear those comments, the, anything that starts with at least is pretty much the worst thing to say. Yeah. In the scenarios here. Yeah. I think we just, I mean, it's a lack of just like, 
I don't know if education is the right, but I mean, we don't talk about it. So then, yeah, we don't know what to say. Like, I mean, I look back at when I, you know, I, I did the same thing, Like, we don't, uh, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, unfortunately it's like, until you go through it, you don't know what to say, but hopefully that changes with more, you know, platforms like this. And, yeah, um, that's the goal. That way we can let go of that whole wait until you're 12 weeks to tell people because that's why our parents suffered in silence because it was not, you know, it wasn't as common to talk about it like it is today. We have social media where we can talk about anything on our pages and start blogs and they didn't have things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really wonderful that it's, you know, normalizing these things that have been kept hidden um because grief is lonely and as humans we need each other so yeah yeah, working towards that and you sharing your story you know it helps us all move forward so I'm so appreciative and hopefully we hear from you again soon with an update yes thank you I hope so too well thank you for uh, letting me share your story